Hello and welcome back to That's So Fringy Podcast. I am Rick. And I'm Kristen. And we are back for another dose of Tartaria with our friend from the north, Madeline. Welcome back, Madeline. So glad that you took the time to come over and uh, talk to us here on the interwebs. We have uh, so much to talk about. We were discussing with Madeline a little bit about, you know, what do we want to talk about next? This has been a super popular topic um Mm -hmm. all throughout the internet not just on this podcast i mean this is blowing up all throughout all of the internet and all throughout all the socials and so madeline why don't you just for those maybe that are just tuning in for the first time to this podcast maybe just give a brief introduction of who you are and how you came about this stuff and we're talking about tartaria we're talking about uh, old ancient uh hidden history stuff like that how did you stumble into this just as a refresher for people yeah i mean i was i was following a lot of different alternative um context uh topics and um this one just kept cropping up it was Mm. named it had a weird name tartaria and so that piqued my interest because anything weird kind of grabs me So, um, obviously I had to go and check it out and, uh, yeah, I'm a mom. I live in Canada, uh, married to wonderful husband and, um, I'm a a manager in it. So I, I have a job as well. Um, so yeah, this is just a real interesting pastime for me and very not all consuming, but it's, you know, you're always thinking because it's always around you and you're always thinking about, Hmm, that's interesting. And all these little kind of trails you end up down. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And you, and you get on these rabbit trails that you don't even realize that where it's going to take you or where you're going to end up, but you, you end up in all, all of the coolest places and, and then it catapults you to a different direction. I mean, for anybody that's been on the internet in the last three years, it feels like you're playing a game of ping pong, uh, you know, where you're just or getting Jumanji. Blocked, <laughs> or Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you're just, or like, what is that uh, pinball hero, you know, where you're, where you're just getting smashed through all of these things. That's kind of what the internet is right now is because you get on these socials and uh, I'm not on a lot of them, but you know, we, we have Instagram for this show and everything. And I've on there more now than I have been in a long time, just kind of trying to keep up with what's going on in the world. And it's, it's insanity what's going on on there. I mean, people are talking Nephilim, they're talking Tartaria, they're talking Q, they're talking Trump, they're talking all of this election fraud. I mean, people are losing their mind with everything that's going on all over the world. I mean, America's trying to, you know, go to war with Iran. It's like, what, it's like, what are we doing out here and and how did we get to this point and i think to to sum all of what i'm trying to say up is there's a lot of stuff going on right now but it seems like what the public really wants to focus on isn't so much the wars and the fear-mongering or any of that anymore what they want to focus on is this hidden history and they want to focus on the shape of the earth and they want to show focus on things that that matter like nephilim spiritual things uh quantum physics things that are like really starting to be interesting to people have you found that there's this been this uptick that that you've seen online yeah and maybe it's because i'm in a certain kind of alternative um 
community, if you will, like mm-hmm. I'm interested in certain things. So therefore I tend to gravitate to people who are also interested in those things. So I can't mm-hmm. speak for everyone, but I do sometimes notice that, well, we have to talk about the, um, the controlled opposition on all of these topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. There was a huge amount of disinformation out there plain planted um by the enemy on purpose to look like the real thing as he always Mm -hmm. does um and that's really kind of part of our battle is keeping things aligned with scripture keeping things aligned Mm -hmm. with the holy spirit because without that we're just sitting ducks for any lie that comes along any deception um so that's one of the big things that i think is our challenge as Christians, especially in these alternative topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we are Christians, so we have to always check ourselves, right? We always have to make sure that we're lining everything up with Scripture as best that we can. And we're trying to make sure that we're following the right people, right? And we're listening to the right things. And with AI and Photoshop and computers and everything that we can do nowadays in the, in the creative space, it's really hard to know what is truth and what is not truth because people can fake all kinds of things. You know, AI mm-hmm. is making the most incredible of paintings and, and, and images and videos and things like that. Um, but there's a little, I mean, you can tell there's little mistakes here and there, but it's doing a pretty dang good job. And so how do we know that this isn't all just like a big show or like a big movie, but I don't want to get off topic too much. But what we're getting into is, is the, this ancient history. So ancient history is something that's always fascinated me, but I was never really into it in school. I like to just read about it myself. And so when I got a hold of Tartaria, I was off to the races. This was something that was so interesting to me. And as you spoke about on our first episode, it's not necessarily Tartaria. Uh, this is just what we call it in order to right. have Don't these get hung up on the name labels. because there's a lot of other stuff attached to the name Tartaria that is, like you said, disinformation. Mm-hmm. It could be a total plant, even just the mm-hmm. name to send mm-hmm. people. It's the more the alternative history. I love that term, alternative history, because that just mm-hmm. just those two words really encompass this whole subject. Where it's like yeah. you start scratching the surface, and they mm-hmm. they lied about this, and then they lied about this, and then you start digging, and you're like, what else did they lie about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great hashtag because mm-hmm. hashtag Tartaria will bring you to all of the content you're interested yep. in. So in that way, it's useful. Um, but I think the way I'm trying to phrase it really is as old world. It's just old world. We don't really know how old. We don't know right. when any of this um, technology or infrastructure came into existence or mm-hmm. how long it was used. You know, there, we're theorizing that it could have been a millennium. and going on the basis of of what even um standard um information will tell you is that the dark ages so-called dark mm-hmm. ages were a thousand years they'll they'll yeah. even just say that right yeah um so we know there was a thousand years that they want us to just ignore because they don't want us to look there nothing to see here <laughs> we're just gonna pull <laughs> the lid up on that a little bit but yeah so yeah. um yeah i think is it okay if we talk about energy, the the old antiquitech? I, I think we it. have to, right? I think we yes. have to talk about this ancient energy because you, for thousands and thousands of years, 
you've had these societies talking about these alternate types of energy uh, that they were getting from somewhere. And then we find these buildings in these ancient architecture and stuff like that. And it doesn't seem like they're heating them the same way or they're getting energy for them in the same way. And so I would love for you to go into your research and, and, and tell us what, how are they doing this? Like, what is this energy? Mm-hmm. And, and can you maybe, uh, in, in your research, I'm sure you found some hints and some clues for us. And I know, as we've been talking, I know there's a couple of things that we want to save to the end because they're like mic drops. Um, yeah. A lot of this stuff, you have to guys realize that we're being guided by the Holy Spirit here. There is there is no guidebook for looking up hidden history. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it is what it, the, what it is. It's hidden for a reason and so looking this stuff up sometimes it might seem like we're making wild assumptions or anything like that but we're going off of a large base of information that we've been digging on and so just give us a a little opportunity to work out all of the nuances and then when we get to the end you guys can make a decision on what you what you think so with that we're going to let madeline get into tartarian energy yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, this is a huge, and we're really just going to set a baseline um, mm-hmm. today um, because we want to understand what is energy? Like, what are we even talking about as far as we on our daily basis, kind of uh, the way that we work for energy is we plug something in or we put gas in it. And that's mm-hmm. what we consider to give energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the realm that we live in, which is, in my opinion, and and in a lot of our understanding, is actually an enclosed system. In other words, we're not on a spinning water ball flying, hurtling through empty space. We are actually Mm -hmm. on a fixed plane. Mm -hmm. And and we're over above us is is a dome. And this is really important to understand energy because in our realm, God created um, elements. And so we're going to talk about what are the elements. In fact, um, if I was to ask you, what would you say the elements are? Oh, gosh. You got dressed up like a teacher today, and I knew you were going to start asking me questions. I was instantly having anxiety. I knew this was going to happen. I honestly I have no idea. Okay, I don't. So, well, so I mean, got- water, hydrogen, and oxygen. I don't So the, the element... The elements, like the the basic elements, are air, mm-hmm. water, mm-hmm. fire, and earth, right? Yeah. So those would be the ones that we consider to be basic elements. Um, mm-hmm. But interestingly, in the 1800s, uh, they removed the fifth element. Mm. The fifth element is actually ether. Mm. And that was always known to be that fifth element. So mm-hmm. we're going to come back at the end of the conversation. And we're kind of got, kind of wrap a bow around it and and give a little bit more uh, current day context to what that means for us right here right mm-hmm. now. Um, but just going back to, uh, I guess, the way that we talk about energy. So in the community of Antiquitech, we often say things like, "Oh, free energy! Oh, look at that building over there! It had free energy." But what do we even mean by that? It's really hard for people to articulate it because, first of all, as you mentioned, like people don't have time to look into this stuff. It's mm. it's actually very hidden because mm-hmm. and on purpose, right? Because it's under control of a certain 
new infrastructure, new group of people for yeah. reasons. And, and we'll get into that. But um, what I wanted to say was that um, free energy is literally free. Mm. So if you knew how to right. collect it, you could conduct your own energy, collect it, you could conduct it straight into your own house and use it. Um, but nobody knows how to do that. And they've practically erased all of the methods that would be needed, all of the materials. You know, if you did want to power your house like you do now, you'd have to completely almost rebuild your house to do mm -hmm. it. Um, and what we can see just by looking at really old images of things like cathedrals, which were mm -hmm. power collection um, buildings, obviously they distributed it as well. Um, mm -hmm. And they used other elements to kind of harness it and power it and things like that. But ultimately, they were very tall. And they always had these right. spires on the top of them. And you'll notice these days, even in my city here, the tops have been lopped off. Mm -hmm. they, they did this whole exercise of, first of all, burning the cities down. And we'll talk about right. that. Um, because they really had to take down the old infrastructure. They had to like practically erase it off the earth. And anything that still remains, they went and they just kind of neutered it. Like they just took it off mm -hmm. the top. They they took all of those metal spires off and all of the lovely what we think of as decoration. For them it was actually a functional working energy collection system. Mm. And there's different kinds. There's the spikes. So there's the, the, the tall pointy ones. Mm -hmm. And then there's the domes. And they both collected and harnessed energy. And they both had different purposes. Um, but essentially, they were like powerhouses. Um, mm -hmm. Similar to what you might have as like a hydro dam mm -hmm. also collects energy. So we have this very old understanding of free energy. Now, just think about every building collecting energy from the sky hmm. how do you do that like people are like okay that sounds great but what does that even mean like energy mm -hmm. from the sky like where are you getting that yeah yeah like can i just put something well benjamin franklin gave us a clue because you know he had the old kite in the sky trick mm -hmm. during an electric storm and he was actually contacting electricity well one thing a lot of people don't realize is that Gravity has been sold to us because we live not in a gravity realm. <laughs> we live in an electrostatic realm. Mm -hmm. It's electrostatic. And therefore, if you rub a balloon on your head, you mm -hmm. can stick it to the wall. That's yep. not gravity. That's electrostatic. You know, um, it completely defies gravity, by the way. Right, <laughs> right. That's the real science, and and it's right. replicable. You can, mm -hmm. you know, you can test it yourself with lots of different um, experiments. You can, you know, replicate gravity, mm -hmm. um, right. even with a balloon that has helium in it that wants to lift up. You can cause it to actually go down by way of electrostatic charge. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are, th th that's just something that if people want to look into it, I would suggest finding, put this phrase into a Google search or, um, YouTube, for example, it's called incoherent electrostatic, um, mm -hmm. uh, acceleration. So incoherent electrostatic acceleration. And it just, it's that downward vector. So it's a force 
of um, electrical energy. And it's based on density as well, because we actually are all charged with electricity. Right. We, we have electrons and protons in us. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, we do. Saying all of that, we live in an electrostatic realm. So when you put the right things into the air, and the higher up you go, you reach more and more electrostatic mm. energy in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can find people experimenting on this. Actually, there's people that will put drones up into the air. They'll have a long copper wire that connects to a motor on the ground. And the higher up they go, the more charge they get through that, mm-hmm. through that copper wire. So this is just to say that the, the way that the buildings were built had infrastructure built into them that would go high enough that they were collecting that electrostatic energy from the air and it was bringing it down into mm. the buildings. They also had storage mechanisms. So they had, <clears throat> they had um, battery storage. They had electromagnetic, you know, to convert it. They had the, um, they had like ways of distributing it, you know, mm. so it would go into the building and then the whole town would have energy. Right. So it was like this distribution mechanism and understanding the realm in which we live and understanding that we live in an energy realm. So Mm -hmm. we have the electrostatic in the air. We have um, air like wind. We have all of these methods of of energy production. Uh, Hydro is another one, obviously using water. So Mm -hmm. the way that the dams work, they, you know, they dam up the water and then it it creates that pressure. Well, then they have the wind turbine, so that's catching the wind energy. Then they have the solar panels, which is collecting the sun energy. Mm-hmm. So it makes yeah. sense. So the ether would be, just to dumb it down for me, the ether yeah. would be like essentially kind of like the firmament or the dome or whatever is surrounding us, or is it more like it's everywhere? So it's it's pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to go into that a little bit, um, but I wanted to talk about um, kind of the the words. So when you when you study these things, it's really good to get into the etymology, the word mm-hmm. meaning, where does it come from, why does that happen? Um, and so ether is uh, a e t h e r, and a lot of words that start with a e actually refer to the air. They they refer to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in those like old, you know, dynamics, I mean, all that stuff is, yeah. Yeah. Like Latin, for example. So Mm -hmm. I did a whole word search, but actually where I started with all of this was several months ago. Um, I was like, weather people, what are weather people? Why do they call them meteorologists? That was weird to me because I Mm -hmm. thought surely they would just be called like a weatherologist or something. But a meteor, if you go back and back and back through all of the word development, is basically anything that's a celestial phenomenon. So it could be anything like snow. It could be mm-hmm. a rainbow. It could be, like, we think of meteors as, you know, like a rock falling out of rock the sky. Rock space. Yeah. 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 But it actually means anything that is um, in the air. Like basically mm, that doesn't that doesn't have a um that we can't explain. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that that's what meteor that's kind of like the the root word of that. Mm-hmm. And so when you start when they started building when the word started developing, 
meteor, and then other words from Latin came across. And we had arrow, um, ether, and and I just want to read you some of the um, some of the words here. So basically, a meteor is anything that's an atmospheric phenomenon, hmm. um, anything high up in the sky. Okay. Um, and then so. A rainbow, as I mentioned, would be called a luminous meteor. Uh, rain, snow, hail would be called aqueous. So, in other words, like to do with water. Mm. Um, aerial meteors are wind, anything to do with that. So, you kind of go through all of these. Mm. So, lightning. Lightning is also, uh, it's called an igneous meteor. Mm. Um, so, when you start thinking of things in kind of their original context, they get broken down into other words. And this is where we get the word arrow, ether, and all of that to do with the air. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very, very interesting. And it took me like ages to go through all these words, but I use old books. And so I'm always like cross-referencing into old books and like, where yeah. does that word come from? And and so when you go through this, um, I got into the, the Latin um, and I just want to read um, some of these for you. Sorry, I'm just like referring to my notes because they they tell you what these words mean mm -hmm. so i'm just going to go down to the part that i was looking at here and so i've used like i would also advise anybody who's doing research on anything that is not common knowledge now go to really old books if you can yeah um, because the older books have more of the original definitions and right meanings and things like that so, well, they've really changed the names of everything, right? They've they've uh -huh. really confused the heck out of people when it comes to ether because it used to be so common knowledge. It used uh -huh. to be, like you're saying, in these books, you actually had definitions. You had an understanding. People understood that it was a medium. I mean, they understood that it was something. And then you have these people that come along and they start debating it. Right. And this is where the problem really lies is when you have people that start debating it, whether they're people that they installed to debate it to cause confusion or mm -hmm. whether they're just debating it because they don't know. The problem with that is, is it gets to the point where it becomes so convoluted and then it, it just goes away because it, it almost seems like lazy physics to me. You know, it's because for the longest time they've been saying that they're their light cannot trap or does not tra have to travel through a medium it it can be at zero point or or or, or nothing it, it, right. it can it can travel through anything well that but but sound has to travel through a medium you mm -hmm. know in order to get to me there's all of these other things that we hear feel taste touch all of those different things that travel through mediums in order to get from one mm -hmm. place to another and then science tells me that you know no like light d doesn't react that way it doesn't work that way and you're just like that doesn't make any sense there has to be another medium it seems like lazy uh, physics to me where they're where they're almost just like we don't want to talk about it because we don't understand it we don't really understand it yeah yeah it's so well, even it, just I mean, we've been we've been doing a lot of research for this jfk assassination the yeah. false flag that we're gonna do and even just listening to the way they talked back then just the mm -hmm. eloquence of the language mm -hmm. back then and how much it has changed 
in in modern culture it's like the i mean even the dictionary is like i saw a thing that the dictionary is like 20 percent slang now like it's not even there's like so much that has changed in just the way that we speak Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me but it makes sense so if you go back and back and back you're going to find stuff like this where it, it actually makes a lot of sense yeah, it's so true. And it's in such, like you say, it's such, such plain language. I, I just wish people would speak more plainly. You know, yeah. like there is a lot of slang. There's a lot of corruption in our language. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, here's one for you if you want to, like, I was just thinking last night, it just hit me. I was like, that's so weird. Okay, so when you plug in your device of some kind or your car, if you have an electrical vehicle, on one hand, you're like, I'm charging my car. But on the other hand, they're charging you. So mm. it's a chargeable device. Everything mm. you have is chargeable. You're paying to mm-hmm. get the energy. I don't know. I just, I thought that was really interesting. That That's crazy. I got that double meaning to it. But yeah. Yeah. It really is. There's a lot of wordplay. And if you don't really understand what they're talking about, they're talking about ether in front of our faces all the time. all the time Mm -hmm. and people don't know that that's what they're talking about because they don't understand what ether really is and they haven't gone on these weird deep dives that us weirdos do where we're super like weird and autistic and we can't stop until we get to the answers (laughs) and that's what we do and so then you you start picking up things like physics books and you start (laughs) reading physics on the internet and you're trying to figure out why these guys were debating like Einstein and and uh, what's that other guy's name starts with the B. I can't remember. It's a really short name, but anyway, they're they're debating back and forth about quantum physics and and what is how does light work and how does it and they basically get to the the conclusion where they just can't agree. They just yeah. don't agree. And you have one guy saying this thing and you have another guy saying this thing. And so they just scrap it. And then when you scrap something like that, it has to be because of two things. A, you're either just trying to get rid of it so nobody can know about it or you, um, you're dumb. And I don't yeah. think those guys were dumb because no right. legitimate scientist, um, sees a phenomena occur. Or, or witnesses spooky things at a distance, you know, strange things happening. Nobody in their right mind that as a scientist is going to just wipe that off the table and be like, well, it doesn't really matter, I guess. At the end of the day, we tried our best, you know. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. These yeah. guys are legitimate scientists, or were yeah. they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, one thing... And it's kind of always been controlled opposition with science. Mm-hmm. There's always been those voices of, do we do we go with this person's version of the story or do we go with this other person's version? So, um, mm-hmm. it it does get confusing. But I've I've thankfully found some very old sources which I find to be more understandable mm-hmm. and more, in my opinion, reliable. I'm not a scientist, but. Um, they're easy to understand. And I just feel like there's, if there's anything in this universe that God didn't want us to know, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we wouldn't be able to talk about it, but we do talk about it. And so, Mm -hmm. um, one thing, so when we're talking about the, um, definitions here, so out of the Oxford 1933 dictionary, ether, uh, the description is called the upper regions of space. You won't even find ether in current dictionaries unless it's listed as a, 
gas that they use in mm -hmm. surgery, I think, and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like a tranquilizer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, you won't find much of a definition. Um, so it's called the upper regions of space, rarefied element filling them. Mm -hmm. um, ethereal is pertaining to or characteristic of ether. The upper regions, hence celestial, spirit-like, airy, tenuous, implying delicacy or spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then it says ether is an elastic solid. Um, oh, interesting. Right? A quasi-elastic solid model of an electric medium. So to your point, Rick, mm -hmm. the medium aspect of this is actually very intriguing. Um, it's like, and then we'll read more about that. So when I went to the Latin diction Latin to English dictionary, ether was also listed as the upper air sky firmament. Ethereus is the upper air, heavenly, ethereal, celestial. So they, they're talking about it almost as if it's like a spiritual element. Which is right, great. there's a spiritual component, right. Right. And unseen, but like it's got this elastic medium component going on with it. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was trying, I was like speculating, how does this actually apply? Because if you can put like a drone in the air with a little copper wire associated with it and gather electricity, stat static electricity, then why do you need ether? Like, what is that doing that's extra? Mm -hmm. So it, it actually is in what I've found. And, you know, people can talk about this in, you know, more, probably more intelligent ways. But what I found is that it is the element that binds all of the elements together. So whether you have air, water, fire, earth, ether is the actual medium that connects everything. Um, wow. Yeah. And so when we're talking about, I just going to mention this verse from the Bible that taught, well, I don't know the verse reference, but talks about the enemy, Satan, as being the prince of the power mm -hmm. of the air. Not just the, <laughs> not just the prince of the air, but the prince of the power of the air. Mm -hmm. and so to me, that means it has something to do with that connectivity that mm -hmm. and we see this we see this through okay ethernet we use mm -hmm. the ethernet to get our data mm -hmm. our we use this and now we're using you know um wireless wi-fi and all this stuff so there's this mm -hmm. power that actually goes through the air as a delivery mechanism so not Interesting. just right we have radio waves we have microwaves, we have frequency, mm -hmm. sound, all of this travels. I think you were mentioning that, Rick. So all of this travels through a medium, which is, I believe, to the ether. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, and we've talked about, we had our episode talking about kind of how the World Wide Web's, you know, how, how computers work, how the internet works. And I don't know, I might have slayed that. And it, it was the worst episode any IT person has probably ever I heard. heard. That one. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was like, okay, this, this IT guy over here, come down. But, uh, my, my thing in doing that is really to help us understand where we're going as a society and some of the words and, and language that we need to start applying to our lives and understanding because 
it's not very far into the future that we're going to start talking a lot more about quantum and talking a lot more about things like zero point energy and these type of things. And what's happening is, is the, the idea of ether is becoming slowly implanted back into the human consciousness. In my opinion, it's slowly rolling back into the human consciousness to where people are researching it. They're trying to understand it. And the thing that's really throwing people off, in my opinion, is that they're going and they're finding that alternate um, sources for the ether is also pulling up things like chi and the void and all of these other spiritual principles or spiritual actions or, you know, some people are calling it like the Kashic records. Some people are calling it the um, the source energy. All of these different things that everybody is trying to label this thing, right? And I think we as Christians all can just step back and be like, guys, it's God. Like it really, it's not really that big of a deal to think that, that the God of the universe is holding everything together through this one substance. Like that makes sense. Everything that has life and breath and everything like that. It says he breathed his, his, what his Ruach into us. And I don't mean to get all biblical on people, but this is, this is the life force. This is, and then, and then the other reason for explaining computers and everything like that is because when we start talking about these elements and how they transfer energy and how they receive energy, we begin to realize that we are actually antennas and that there are a lot of other antennas out there and that you can transfer information like we talked about in that uh, episode through all kinds of mediums, but you can also transfer information through water. You can transfer it through the ether, through yeah. just from person to person, yeah. through computer to person. And a lot of people don't realize this is they're actually, and this is where I go off into my conspiracy tangents, but they're actually using our bodies for energy and for data manipulation and, and networking and all of these different things. They're doing that. But we have to, then the reason we have to understand all that is because they understand the ether already. Yeah. These controllers of our realm, and they're they already, using it. Yeah, they already know how it works. They very much know how it works. And I don't want to get into that yet. I want to kind of slow down a little bit more and get us <laughs> back into the framework of how it all works. So let's yeah. jump back into that. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I mean, I just think you, you really can't even begin to fathom ether until you understand that this is the thing that works, that makes all the other elements work together. And I do mm -hmm. believe it is the power of the air. It is the power that is within kind of all things. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember um, listening to something recently and somebody made a really good point. Um, they said, the very first act of God was to speak. Mm. So his voice, the frequency of his voice actually created mm -hmm. all things. You know, he said, let there be light. And he, yeah. he created the elements first, actually. Um, so they are the foundation of creation. And mm. I suspect the way that these um, people way back we're thinking about ether was actually in a spiritual sense and i sometimes wonder you know being that it relates to the firmament and we know that there's water up there and we know mm -hmm. that god's spirit hovered over the waters so is it something like god's spirit and we know that the other verse says 
um, the earth is filled with the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, it does feel like a very spiritual element to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so when we, you know, I think speaking of elements, when in one of the dictionaries I, I was looking at, it, it gave the chemistry term for it. And so it was a substance which cannot be separated into substances different from itself by ordinary chemical means. So it's one of a limited number of distinct varieties of matter, which singularly or in combination compose every material substance. So no matter what you have, what you're wearing, what you're eating, you know, what you're breathing, everything belongs within the confines of these elements. Mm. I just find it very interesting that they took ether off the elemental table. And in the um, old sort of like early versions of a lot of the old uh, science books, they still talked about ether and they were still explaining it and they were still you know putting everything out there that they knew and it it came to a point kind of in the 1800s early 1900s where they actually started versioning it all out and there was it was pseudoscience actually so just something to be aware of if people are looking into this get as old a books as you can i recommend i recommend archive.org and the timelines are very important to pay attention to i mean we have to pay attention to when this stuff started to happen because even though we've talked about in the past that timelines have timelines have been a bit construed and and we don't really know kind of where we're at in time or in history what we do know is it was around the 1800s early 1900s where things started really changing quite a bit and uh, and and this is the kind of time frame that we're focusing on we want books that are older than than that because we know that that's where the real uh true answers are coming from yeah Exactly. And I think one of the ones I found was by a um, royal astronomer in Ireland. And I feel like the the Europeans were not covering it all up as quickly. They were a little bit more, um, not quite as up on it as the Americans. The Americans were really all about kind of rewriting science and, and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So there, there was a royal astronomer uh, in Ireland. He was actually a professor at a college, um, the Royal College of Science in Ireland. His name is E.T. Whitaker. And he wrote a book called Theories of Ether and Electricity. Hmm. And he kind of covers the history of the various understandings of ether through history. Um, And he talks about it like this. So he says, there's a connection between celestial bodies being formed of the same matter with the same origin in history. So this guy is somebody who's looking at the sky. He's very much a star observer. Mm -hmm. And he said there's a connection between celestial bodies being formed of the same matter. So he's talking about them being kind of like objects, not not billions of miles away kind of thing. Right. Um, He talks about them not being isolated in vacant space and that they have a conveyance, a transformation of energy that is between them. So Mm -hmm. he says the ether is a solitary tenant of the universe. It exists mm. between everything and it transfers the energy between everything. That was his understanding of it. And then we have um, Sir Isaac Newton, who also wrote quite a lot about ether, actually um, his older books, you can find a lot about that. So he talks about it as a universal medium, as we've been saying. Yeah. He talks about it like a fluid in the air and it has like an elastic but very active um sort of 
characteristic about it. And then mm-hmm. he also actually relates to it like a spirit. So he mm-hmm. talks about it as a vibrational kind of spirit, and they they called it the electrical fire. So oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, like really. Interesting. Yeah, and then um, even some people would refer to it as like the divine fire. So this is where we start mm-hmm. getting a little bit like occultic with it. Is that? Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of these people, as we know, had been kind of inducted into things like Freemasonry and some of these brotherhoods who didn't necessarily believe in the true God, Mm -hmm. but they were still studying science. So they had to change it into their own narrative and try and explain it that way. Yeah. Um, But there was a really good scientist who did a lot of work on it called Richard Lovett. And this is going back to the 1700s, actually. So before the 1800s and whatever chaos that brought to everything. He did a lot of experimentation. He's written it all out. Um, it's a really long title, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read it out because it would sound like I was reading the whole book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but again, he identified it, and we're going back to 1700s. He identified it as like a medium, and he called it an invisible fire. Um, and he said that it was an element of the greatest power and efficacy. So very mm. efficient, very connective very like delivery system oriented right so i think we can like think about it as like a messenger system and again Mm -hmm. we see this through radio waves we see this through sound and frequency and all of this um light i believe actually as well um so he did a lot of experiments and interestingly he would use a glass dome to do his experiments and he would do things like put his hand on the dome and then he would stand on the floor to ground himself. And, you know, the ether would start being produced inside. He even got to the point where he was condensing ether in a container. Mm. Oh, wow. He was capturing it, right? And this is where we get into understanding that this component, this element can be captured. Mm. Maybe maybe what we could consider is like if you had fire in a fireplace, you know, you can kind of capture element in different ways he figured out how to capture it or he knew because they were using it all the time everywhere who knows yeah Um, (laughs) yeah so um so and then they could direct it so they could not just capture it not just experiment with it but they could even direction it you know they could send it somewhere they could you know and i think the best way to think about this is when you see those pictures of tesla in his Mm -hmm. lightning lab he's there and all this lightning is just shooting out because he knew he would be safe because he knew how it would get directed away Mm -hmm. from him right so yeah tesla is another character we need to talk about but um it's also interesting i mean when you start laying it out and how these guys were doing these experiments you start to find that like why have we never learned this in school why did we never talk about this because this obviously it's in these books obviously people have been talking about this for thousands of years and i begin to get kind of like frustrated because now i'm like 40 something years old and i have to like relearn all of this stuff that that i should have known from a child like we should know this Mm -hmm. stuff from young children that there is this other medium this ether that this essence that is all throughout everything i mean because when you really break down the essence of ether it 
is in and around everything. Like I heard it explained that if you have an atom and you have it um, broken out as to the, to the scale or the size of a football field, you would have the nucleus as like a, a, a quarter on the 50 yard line. This is the scale that we're talking about. And then you have like a fly flying around the outside of the stadium, right? This is, this is our atom for the scale. So anything from the inside of that stadium, everything except for that quarter on the 50 yard line, everything is ether. Yeah. So there really is no empty space. A lot of, I mean, we look around and we're thinking, oh, this is all wide open spaces we hear. You know, we talk about that all the time. There's, you know, you drive through Iowa or something and you're like, there's nothing. It's just nothing. And, it, but it, but that is all, all of that nothing is filled with this substance. And that's what's really hard for us to wrap our head around because we've never been taught that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, the thing I can relate it to, I don't know if you've ever had any spiritual kind of entity experiences, but like mm -hmm. I have, and you can feel, you can feel the room change. So that would yep, be an example of that kind of ether interaction with whatever is happening in the room. Like you can just, or like you can tell someone's looking at you, Yeah, it's, but it's like this delivery system. It's like, you just know. Yeah. Or one person in a room yawns, and then all of a sudden, everybody's yawning. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is people, that, especially Christians, they have a really hard time. And I'm just going to be blunt and honest with all of my Christian friends out there that I love so deeply and dearly. Like, we can't talk about things that are a little too woo-woo because we instantly get offended or we instantly like to brush it off. And we, and we forget that there's like this fine line between woo-woo and spirituality, right? Mm -hmm. Where we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know if you're going to walk up against this spiritual guardrail you have to realize that jesus was doing some pretty crazy stuff in the bible right and we and but what we do and and i might be offending somebody right now and i hope not but what we do is we say jesus is the only one that can do that that's because jesus was god and he could do those things and i'm always quick to you know lovingly and carefully stop people and be like then why did he send them out to go cast out demons and 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 why did peter walk on water even if it was briefly and why did they why was you know you read the stories of paul handling snakes and not and being bit and not dying you hear of you know his shadow healing people it's like these guys were very supernatural dudes as well and we get so caught up in jesus which i think we should he should be the main focus but we forget that we also are made up of everything that jesus was made up of and he did that on purpose he came in as a human to show us the capabilities and things of our own bodies and of our own how we could interact with the world around us and i think people forget that when jesus was healing people there was something going on there and a lot of people are like well it's just spiritual it's just god but what if you could explain it with ether yeah. Like, what if you could explain the power of God through manipulation of ether? 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that we have this uh, toroidal field around us, right? Yeah. It's called aura, or some people call it our body. What's it called? Like uh, our essence, if you will. Mm-hmm. Some people call it all different things. A lot of Christians don't like to talk about it because it's super woo-woo. But it, this is science. This is real science. We have this real a toroid field that goes around our body at all times. And then our earth, our realm that we live on has a gigantic toroid field that interacts in the exact same way that our bodies do. And so when we realize that there is this implosion and explosion of energy at all time, this pulsation, right, of our earth at all time, the Schumann's resonance going on, We are completely organized as a human body the exact same way that the world around us works. And when we start to figure that out, we can start to make sense of some of the stuff that Jesus was doing when it came to interacting with the elements around him and interacting with. And he was saying, if you just had the faith of a mustard seed, you would be able to do these things. But what was he having faith? What are we having faith in? You know, is it is it the power of God? Yes, I believe so. What's the power of God? Well, it's in everything, right? God is everything. And if you have this power of this ether, which a lot of people believe is this God energy, right? And you have that going through everything, then you, if you learned how to manipulate that, you would be able to do the things that Jesus was doing with this power. And this is why the ether is such a huge thing that they're trying to hide, in my belief, is because the power that it realizes for each and every person once they begin to realize what is going on here is incredible. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's extremely powerful. Um, the one thing, and we'll, and just what before we talk about the, the actual power of it, um, not being used for good, but um, I wanted to say you, you hit on a bunch of stuff there that um, about ether. Um, one guy I was reading said that, and he was a bishop, I think. So he's a spiritual man, you know, and he was a Christian, um, but he was also involved in the study of ether and the atmosphere and where was the spirit of God and that kind of thing. And we're going back a long time, um, but he called it an elastic fluid. And he said it's found in all bodies of creation. Um, he said it promotes things like secretion right? Movement of muscles, which we would think of as kind of being handled by the lymph system, I guess, that kind of thing, you know, glands and stuff. But he's talking about ether in a way of like health. So when we talk about God's healing, and you're mentioning Jesus, like the ether, the cleansing, maybe the cleansing of the ether in someone's body, I don't know. Um, But you know, just those involuntary processes that can get jammed up maybe with um, sin, Maybe with, you know, the, the darkness that comes from sin and that kind of thing. So not saying that people who are sick are sinful, but, you know, um, generally sure, speaking, sure. I think our world is just full of pollutants and garbage and, <laughs> yeah, you know, in every way. Air and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, you know, when he talks about even nerve function and the, the working of the mind and coagulation and all of these sort of like physical, biological functions that we don't, we don't even think about they're just happening mm-hmm. his, his explanation was that it could be related to ether and that god's spirit and the life that life force you know that god has given us mm-hmm. is connected by all of this and so 
you know, it's like that experiment that you do with a plant. If you talk badly to it, does it just start right. to wilt and eventually die? <laughs> like right. I have a plant like that. It, all my other plants are doing fine, but that plant I'm so nervous about because it just always dies. And I'm like, you better not die. <laughs> and then it just right. well, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like I'm but, such a disappointment to my mom. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, like talking about the power of that ether then, and I guess, you know, the way that we talked about God creating with his voice, he created light, he mm -hmm. created earth, he created all of this. And, and that frequency, the tone, the kind of energy that came from God to create everything is just amazing. And then mm -hmm. the, the spirit of God hovered over the waters and the glory of God fills the earth. But then we... We see this current situation that we live in, and it is so corrupt. You know, it's so like, what is even going on? There's no, there's almost nothing natural happening in our environment around us, unless we go out into the woods and we right. enjoy some outdoor time. But pretty much we're surrounded by the constructs of a, what I would call a technocratic elite mm -hmm. um, who have done everything they can to um, capture every source of potential energy that God has given us for free and turn it into their own um, own thing, right? So for their own purposes. And yeah. their own I, checkbooks. Yeah. And I really want to talk about Tesla because this is one area that has caused, I think, it, it is causing a lot of division in this particular um narrative because people want to believe that tesla was a very charitable benefit you know benefactor mm -hmm. somebody who's just a really smart guy and i i just want to put this out there that i i do believe that anybody who gains knowledge of these kinds of energy technology any technology has been receiving it by means that is not in a natural kind of like oh i just thought of this kind of way yeah they've mm -hmm. inher either inherited that knowledge from taking it from somebody or they have um let's just say fallen angel technology right so yeah. they've, they've, they've sought it out in, in right. a wrong way yeah and you know i suspect this with tesla and the reason i say that is because um yes he knew about the free energy sources he knew about ether he was actively working with them he was designing things um, he was writing papers, you know, he was developing technology, mm -hmm. but the one thing he did do, and I'll never forgive him, is um, he created destructive weaponry, mm. massively destructive weaponry, mm. and I absolutely believe that it was his weapons that they used to burn the world down. Mm -hmm. um, oh, interesting. Yeah, and I, I have documents from the early 1900s. He created, uh, and they loved him, right? They were like, oh, this is a great man. He was never hated in his time. Like mm -hmm. the people that used his technology that took us out with it, they mm -hmm. did not. Uh, he was one of their people. And of course, they need to make him look like a bit of a um, somebody who was used and spat out. But actually, the, what we can see from the evidence tells us different. So... He created a, one example is he created something called the destroyer, which was just a tower and it would have this oscillator in the top of it. And this thing in 
I mean, it, it was like a massive it, destroyer is the right word for it. Mm. It could literally destroy a fleet of ships with mm. one blast. Okay. Mm. These machines he was making were direct energy weapons. And mm. I believe they're still using them. Yeah. Um, and obviously probably more improved, advanced uh, on top of what he did. But um, so, you know, you look at these old cities and you're like, wow, how did they burn down like 500 blocks of San Francisco of yep. stone? Yeah. These are the weapons that they actually used for all that. So yeah, the same way they did it to Maui. Right. And they're doing it all. I mean, up here in Canada, so much forest has been oh, burned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've had it around here too. In the Pacific yeah. Southwest. Yeah. So they're actively still using it. Um, you know, I know people like to protect Tesla because they want a hero. People want a hero. Like it's, yeah. it's so sad to me because it's like <laughs> everyone that they clasp onto, it's like, no, Jesus is your hero. People, this guy yeah. is not your hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, like some of the things that I just want to drop in there is his weapons could actually propagate such intense electrical waves that they could charge the earth and it could be felt anywhere on the earth. So they could direct this energy to any location. So think of like all the earthquakes, think of all oh, yeah. the mud, think of all yeah. these kind of events that they cause. We know they cause them because the Holy Spirit tells us that. Yeah. Um, through these frequencies, through these oscillation machines, the energy that they could transmit um, thousands of miles without any loss of energy. So they could literally just blast right into the ground, direct it to a certain location, and that thing would just cause destruction. Wow. Um, and that's because the ether is everywhere. Exactly. And when you're talking about oscillators, which actually they, they supercharge. So ether is already very powerful. We already have this mm -hmm. delivery system. But when you grab that and then you grab, you know, the electricity along with it, and then you just, it's like a turbo. It's, right. you know, right. imagine the, the gods like Thor, for example. Imagine that kind of thing, that kind of like power just smashing into the earth and just causing destruction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a huge electrical condenser was basically what these towers were. And they would just send high voltage discharges into the earth and um, the waves would just go wherever they wanted to go and they would just cause unleashed, you know, inconceivably violent um, amount of energy. Yeah. I have to say that about Tesla because, you know, all of these people, you just see them everywhere. And I'm like, why is this guy's face everywhere? Like, what is the <laughs> deal? Like, <laughs> and yeah. then all people praising him and people literally just want a hero they just want yeah. somebody on their side you know yep. well and it makes totally. you wonder where these people even come from you know it's like guys like einstein and and tesla and and people like this it makes you wonder like why were they even thinking like this you know like were they really interested in ether like is anybody really interested in ether unless they know about it they actually have in some sort of an inside knowledge or some sort of a um 
phenomena that they've experienced themselves. You know, you're not going to study something that's being uh, actively suppressed unless you're involved in the suppression yeah. process, in my opinion. And so it, there's, it's just how things work in the world. We've all been around long enough to know that if they're going, if somebody's going to tell you the truth, they're just going to tell you the truth. If they're going to lie to you, there's always going to be a little bit of stumbling. There's always going to be a little bit of misdirection. And, and we see a lot of that when it comes to the ether is a lot of misdirection, a lot of confusion, and a lot of, you know, nomenclatures, different names that it's been called all throughout time to, to really trip people up. And you have to remember, for those that are listening, that we all don't speak the same language all throughout the world. And it's really easy to get caught up in our own bubbles, in our own towns, in our own countries, in our own nations. But we we forget that there is this language disparage where we can't always know what other people are talking about throughout the world. So there could be great um, advances in technology on one side of the world and then great advances in the same technology on the other side of the world. Well, how does something like that happen? You know, how did these people have all kind of the same idea around the same time? Well, it's either it's either controlled opposition or it's something else. It's it's some kind of a connection between the ether. And so there's there's ways to explain how people are connected in this way. And if we think about that field that we were talking about before, and you were talking about how you can feel a person's energy and you know when a person's maybe feeling a little bit angry at you and you can pick up on these things, mm -hmm. right? You kind of just know when somebody's lying to you, you just kind of feel it. These yeah. these energy waves are coming back and forth through the ether, and and you're putting out negative energy, and that's going through that field and coming right back around at you. That's what it says in the Bible. Yeah. You know, whatever yeah. you reap, you sow. You're you're going back and forth here because you're throwing that out, and it's actually coming right back around like a boomerang to you. So it, this is why Jesus is cautioning us to be kind to each other, to serve each other, to be gentle with each other, because he knows what you're throwing out is coming right back around to you. And we are these creative beings. You know, Jesus, Jesus is very clear that we are going to do greater things than he ever did. And I think that the, the ability and the possibilities that we have as um, co-creators with God Right, because he created us in his image, and everything that we do is creating. Whether we're we're planting uh, plants, or we're building houses, or we're raising cattle, or we're going and working in factories and building metallurgy and all of these different things, we're creating things not from nothing. He gave us the substances, but we're continuing on in the things that he's he's provided us with. Right, and we're using our mind and our energy and our efforts. But as we go along we begin to get to a point where we're we're thinking that it's all about us and that we've collected all of this knowledge and all of this information and now we're so smart and and this is where really the rub is when it comes to this energy is they started grabbing this energy for themselves they started getting greedy and they started just saying no i we figured it out we are taking it for ourselves and we're not going to let any of these peasants have it for themselves. We're going to take it and we're going to hide it uh, in plain sight, unfortunately, because. Yeah. <laughs> so you're postulating that they figured out this whole process and then they decided to essentially 
take the technology and then charge everybody for it. Yeah. So the, before so, I, before so it's all about money. Yeah. So before I get to that, um, I just want to quickly say just about um, that creative aspect of, of how we interact with ether. And we're not even thinking about it. It's just happening because that's how God mm -hmm. created us, right? We're just, we're created in this realm to interact with this realm in the way that he wants us to do it. And, yep. but I think some exceptionally powerful things that we often um, find uninteresting, not uninteresting, but it's easy not to do them like prayer, for example, where we're mm. speaking God's will into the ether, right? So we're speaking what yes, God yes. wants us to say by the Holy Spirit into mm -hmm. the ether. Well, that's a delivery system. So if we start thinking of ether as a delivery system, mm -hmm. then our prayers become so much oh, more interesting. Meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I just wanted to mention was tongues of fire. You know, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, the tongues of fire were over their heads. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that was like a physical representation of what we're talking about. I think even, you know, yourself, when you have a move of the Holy Spirit in you, it actually feels like energy, like fire. almost. Right. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think some people mentioned when they were listening to Jesus talk, they said, did our hearts not burn within us when he was speaking? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I think that was the point where they weren't recognizing who he was, but they were hearing what he was saying. And so words definitely, especially if we're speaking by the, the Holy Spirit, they're going to have that um, effect in this world. And that's why we have to be so truthful. We have to speak with truth. Um, but yeah, so, um, and then just one other, uh, one other thing I wanted to say before maybe we round out on that last part is just... Mm -hmm. When we start applying, so if we think about ether in the way that it ties everything together, so whether that, you know, whether we're going to talk about at some point um, resonance and acoustics and mm -hmm. the frequency is like, okay, now add ether to that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got fire, add ether to that. You've got earth, add ether to that. And now we start building a system, which is like a very complex, but beautifully designed like everything god does just beautifully designed incredibly interactive and inter intimate you know it's within yeah. us it's around us um and it, it explains the things we can't explain by other means so um yeah so i wanted to i guess there's if if i want to just finish on the the part that i that i got yes. yesterday. wow what a what a shocker to me and I hope I hope you find it interesting, but um, I'm sure I will. Did you ever wonder why the World Economic Forum uses the term fourth industrial revolution? Does that ever sound weird to you? Like, did you know there was a one and a two and a three industrial revolution? I did, but I would like for you, you to did? explain. I, nope, I did not. Okay, so I, mean, I didn't I even think up, about it. <laughs> I looked up their version of what they mean by it. I don't, I think they're just, that's their cover story personally. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I think, and I could be wrong, but like, obviously ask the Holy Spirit, everyone listening, Christian and Rick, you ask the Holy Spirit, if this makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. um, I think the first industrial revolution had to do with land. I think they took ownership of the land I think they stole the land. Uh, we know that in the times like the French Revolution, they actually they they beheaded 
basically everyone who wasn't uh, part of their group. So they took the church, they beheaded the church, they beheaded the monarchy, and they took mm-hmm. all the land. Mm-hmm. And they called it a revolution. I believe that was actually the start of the of what they're talking about when they say revolution. Mm-hmm. They took land, so we're talking about earth. First element. Second element, water. I believe they took water. They tell us not even to drink rainwater. They tell us not to collect rainwater. They tell us that we're always depleting our water whenever we run our tap. We have to conserve water. Water is endless. There is no end of water in this world. No. But they took the rights to it. You see, they plumbed it. They took all the reserves. They stamped their name on it. They took it. And they charge you for it. And then they charge you for it. So the the first one, they uh, land ownership. So they took us all by debt slavery. Mm -hmm. So they took all the land and then they're selling it to people Mm -hmm. as if it's theirs. It belongs to all of us. But um, so they did that. So that was like the first industrial revolution. Water was the second. Um, I believe electricity is the same as fire. So they took Mm -hmm. the electricity, the fire element mm-hmm. and they harness that so they literally burned everything down if you want to think about it like a phoenix they burned down the old yeah and they rebuilt it in their own way so that they could charge us for it so this is all about profit um and they're they're just keeping on with these right so they keep reducing our water accessibility you know there's yep. places that don't even have water now because they don't want to they don't even want to yeah. you know spend the money trying to get new water to anybody yeah yeah so i would say the third one was the fire the electricity um and we know that they charge us now we are completely almost dependent on electricity mm-hmm. and gas to a certain extent and now the fourth is air through climate change mm-hmm. so we're going through the elements now we've gone through earth water fire Fourth is air. This is the climate um, so-called emergency. Yeah. They yeah. are starting to uh, create taxes, carbon tax on things. Yes, they are. Hard for all this stuff. So this is the air that we breathe. We need this. We are dependent on air. So they're taking all of these elements and they are actually weaponizing um enslaving us to their own profit-based you know dependency yeah and then they hit the ether because the ether is the one that is really going to drive it all home um but it's the one that actually relates to the spiritual realm i believe i believe that as well and we know that they have put up 5g towers 6g towers not to alarm anyone but I believe that is going to be the next so-called industrial revolution. And I do actually, it was just so strange to me, but when you look at the five-pointed star, the pentagram, each point represents an element. And then the topmost one is actually representative of spirit or what, I believe is ether or the fifth element, the fifth element and interesting. And and in elemental magic, they, they have to call in all of those elements. And that's why they, 
enchantment. That's why they have the know. pentagram upside down yeah. because they yep. are pointing it down. Hmm. And we know that they're using this, and I believe that this is their plan. This is hmm. we're on number four. Actually, I would say number four is almost implemented because they've been working on it for years already before mm -hmm. the pandemic. They they had it ready to go even before yeah. the the twenty twenty. Oh yeah, um, they've been pushing this climate change garbage for a very long time. Thanks to yeah. Al Gore. Yeah, so they've they've had it in the in in production for a long time, and now it's going into sorry in in like beta. Now mm -hmm. they're putting it into production, and um, they tested it out, and you know they've got buy-in, so they've got the mechanism by which to get all corporations that are you know their slaves basically on board. So yeah, now they they've already built the five G six G towers technology, which will use frequency, which will harness ether. I believe, yeah. um, and it will tie every element together. And I believe it's going to be a spiritual um, component to that, which who knows what that means. But um, even I, one of my favorite films used to be um, The Fifth Element. With uh, I was thinking about that with Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and such an interesting film. So I don't know if you remember the scene where they're in the pyramid at the end. And they're trying to figure out how to activate the elements. Mm -hmm. And they have all four, right? They have like water, air, fire, earth. Yeah. Water, air, fire, earth. And then they're like, how do we, you know, and then he kisses this being that weirdly fell from the sky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and he kisses that. And then this, this love aspect is the, the initial, you know, kind of like that trigger. Mm -hmm. That makes them all work, which would be a spiritual component, right? And it, th that whole movie is full of occult um, references mm -hmm. and and really like even the pyramid thing. So we know that the what was really interesting was at the beginning in the opening scenes where they it's like going back to 1914. They're in the Egyptian pyramid, and at the and the kind of this scientist he's identifying. He's like. Oh, there's another element he's going and he's like using his little brush on the wall and he's looking mm -hmm. at the fireplace and then he's like, oh, it's the eye of Ra. It's the eye of Ra. And what do yep. we see at the top of the pyramid? We see it at the top of the, um, you know, the, uh, on the dollar, a Freemason yes, on our, mm -hmm. on our dollar bills. Yeah. 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 On tons of the architecture in Washington, DC. And Yeah. And, and actually, I think it represents the third eye. So we have this yeah. kind of connection to the spiritual. Um, and, and it's just weird to me that they kept saying, you know, this is the fourth industrial revolution. I'm thinking, why do they keep saying that? It's so weird. And then mm -hmm. really, I feel like the Holy Spirit showed me you're on number four of the elements that they have taken control of. Wow. And then the hmm. power, one, the, the last one to tie them all together is going to be the last one, which I... And it's one that nobody would suspect because nobody knows about it because it's been hidden. Right. Because yeah. it's so been hidden. So what better weapon than something that nobody even knows exists? Exactly. Well, I yeah. said something crazy earlier, which I always do, but they, they hide it in plain sight, right? And, and yeah. so a lot of people are thinking, okay, Rick, like, put your money where your mouth is. Where are they hiding it in plain sight? Well, here in the United States of America, I'll tell you that we have what's called the Department of Energy. And what mm -hmm. do they do there? Atomic energy. They, they research energy 
all the time. That's what they do. And they've thrown us off the scent because they always talk about nuclear energy. And what we know is nuclear energy is great, but it's not the most efficient form of energy by any means. And ether's way better. And there's all kinds of other things that are even better than nuclear. But the the thing with nuclear is it's always been this big scare tactic, right? Where you don't get to know about it because it's national defense, because we, these are weapons of war. So you don't get to know about it and we don't want our enemies to know about it. But what if they're hiding the ether and the technology that they're using with the ether and everything like that right under your nose in the Department of Energy? Yeah. And has yeah. anybody ever wondered why you have to have a queue clearance to get into the department or to, to see certain levels? I mean, if you go through, go to Wikipedia and go down on the page of Ether, and they actually call Ether, some cultures, the quintessence, the quintessence with a Q. And it actually has a denoted Q as its as its logo. And so all of this quantum energy, this quintessence, this mm -hmm. idea of spirit being in and all and through everything. And then you have the Department of Energy who nobody really knows what they do other than this nuclear testing stuff. But they could be doing literally whatever they want. And then I'll take it a step further. If you were to call Ether something that you were trying to hide, I would probably call it space. So what do you think Space Force does? Yeah. Space Force are the uh, enforcers and protectors of all things space. Mm -hmm. So for those that are thinking that we're on a giant flying ball going through space, yeah. Yeah. this vacuum in, in which we can explain none of these elements and all of this stuff would even work if we were doing that. Nonetheless, in the flat earth model, if you have this ether and it's everywhere, that would be space, right? Yeah. All every it, it fills in all of the gaps, right? It is space. Yeah, like there's no space, so they call it space. Correct. Yeah. And so, what do you think Space Force is doing? They're controlling, manipulating, mm -hmm. and understanding this etheric quiescence force at all times. They understand it better than anybody else, and they're keeping a very good wraps on it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I want to add to that too that I think. Um, we know about the Large Hadron Collider in mm -hmm. I was thinking that too. There's a lot of them around the world, I believe. I don't even know how many there are. There's a ton of them. And so, you know, obviously they're not going to tell us exactly what they're doing, but similar to your energy department, Department of Energy, like they are doing things to start, I believe, um, trapping whatever they want to get out of this fifth element um and you know you could you could kind of you know speculate on different things like what if you know this kind of if we're going to talk about the millennial rain for a second and saying that we live in the short season that would mean okay they're going to circle the encampment of the saints mm -hmm. what does that mean maybe they're going to try and use frequency to keep us from going with jesus you know maybe mm -hmm. they're going to try and trap your spirit here and and charge god for it who knows right like yeah who knows right i know yeah so it, because we don't even know anything about it we don't really know how it works we don't know what it's capable of doing um 
But and we don't know how to interact with it the way that I believe that we were designed to interact with it. Because yeah. Ether is essentially taking pockets of information, right, and passing it through everything. It's the medium that inter- information passes through the world. So if, if God is telling a rock to be a rock, he uses frequency through this medium to pass packets of information that tell that substance, that medium of Ether to become a rock. And yeah. and that's really hard for people to understand. But if you're talking about kind of an elastic, liquidy uh, substance, yeah. it would almost be, you know how like Transformers, uh, when they this rock thing falls from the sky and then um, the truck drives by and that essence or that energy, that electrical energy goes into oh, the truck. Like they absorb it. And they absorb it, it and it be, then they become these different, you know, Transformers or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. like this energy that can turn into different forms and shape shift but it's because of the packets of information are telling it to do certain things and then you have to ask yourself where are those packets of information coming from Mm -hmm. and i think that's a great question Mm -hmm. yeah it's fascinating i think Hmm. that there's an endless amount of research that i encourage everyone to get involved in i mean the more people we have looking into it the more people we have studying it um and just being open to look you may not have learned this in school even if you're in like a scientific um Mm -hmm. profession yeah Yeah. you may not have learned about this but please like surely you you see the the opportunity here that there could be gaps there is an opportunity for if you have a society that's been taken over by elite technocrats, which we have, let's just say mm-hmm. Rockefellers and mm-hmm. Rothschilds and all of these people whose only interest in us is to be in, enslaved to them, then there's a purpose for hiding things. And I think it's, you know, all of our duty to to really look into it and start start with speculation, but then start mm-hmm. nailing down some facts and go back to the old old books that you can that you can find yeah and it just goes in any part of any part of research is gathering as much information as you can so that you can parse out the things that do make sense and the things that don't make sense and i think a lot of people like to find something and then they latch on an idea to it and they Mm -hmm. realize later on that they they didn't quite have it right i think this was like einstein or or some of these others where they didn't quite have it right but they weren't willing to admit it and then later on in life they'll go back and admit that they were actually run that they're actually because einstein in the end actually did say that there was an ether there there had to be there was yeah. no way he says that yeah. in the very end after all these yeah. debates all these arguments he says that there has to be and so maybe it's somebody making a mistake and going back but you have to be willing to say i made a mistake because mm-hmm. if you latch on to your belief system because that's just what you've always been told or that's what you learned in school or whatever it's like you know do you what have your observations and your own research taught you throughout this life because you know a lot of times the weatherman tells me it's going to be gnarly nasty outside and i walk out and the sun is shining and i'm very confused because this guy's lying to me all the time but our observations seem to be more trustworthy right so like trust yourself trust the holy spirit inside of you trust that trust that god is not going to lead you astray when it comes to finding out this hidden history because he knows you've been deceived and he wants you to be walking in truth that's why he sent his son that's it yeah it is that's a lot 
It is a lot to think about. You guys are going to have to digest that for a little bit. I, I think next time we should go into something a little more like you were saying, frequency, um, those type yes. of things. Because, yeah. I, I mean, you say, you know, Rick, passing information over packets and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's this is all very scientific. It's been very well proven. There's lots of things we can talk about in the next episode, like structured water and all the mm-hmm. stuff they're doing over in Washington. There's so much more, guys. And we're going to leave you with this cliffhanger because we are going to do more in the next episode we want to get madeline on another time and uh just you know we try to throw out a bunch of information but we don't want you to get overwhelmed so we're going to give you some time to process this this information maybe do a couple listen to this episode a hundred times because there's so much (laughs) there's so much in it but you laid the you laid the basic foundation of you know what is the ether and and what does it do what does it look like how does it behave you know and it actually it makes more sense i think than people realize but they have they have to get over what they've been taught and realize that there's things that they just we just don't know right there's things that we haven't been taught but that doesn't mean they don't exist that doesn't mean they're not working around us all the time exactly exactly right and just really grounding i think as a foundation on all of this conversation is the elements we're we're talking about the elements and how they interact with each other so i think that's a good kind of um kaleidoscope to be able Mm. to look through and and start to see the different aspects of of all of that and how it works together Mm -hmm. absolutely i would agree wholeheartedly Madeline, we're so grateful for you taking the time and doing mm-hmm. all this research. We know that, uh, you know, you are passionate, so it's really a labor of love and we love having yeah. you on. We know that our guests are very, very excited about this topic. And so mm-hmm. we're going to continue to uh, trug along, guys. Don't worry. We're going to have Madeline on again and we'll <laughs> talk about more things. Maybe you guys can send us some questions about maybe things we would want to ask uh, Madeline for you and uh, we'll, we'll do that. So send your questions questions over but with Mm -hmm. that we're going to get out of here we're going to say goodbye to madeline for now and we will see you guys on the next one bye guys we'll see you thank you bye (laughs) thank you